Business Podcast, Episode 5. Driverless cars. Are they coming soon? How do you feel about them? There is a few moral, ethical, human nature dilemmas that I could see that may stunt the progression of driverless cars. If you think about it, you know, we're not too far on the software side. Hardware, the sensors and whatnot, still still a few years out. And then <clears throat> cellular, cellular networks as well. Can't keep up with the speed. Going to teach you everything you need to know. You're going to have or be able to have a really fucking informed conversation by the time you're out of here. Guess I'll do what I usually do here. I'm going to start off in a chronological matter. And then I'll probably go off topic at some point and never wind up finishing the story. But it's okay. We're going to have some fun. So driverless cars started a while back, really. If you think about um, parallel parking assistance, that's kind of a driverless car, right? Let's go back a little bit further. Backup cameras, that's, I mean, not driverless, but it's it's starting on the path. We've had those for over 10 years. Then cruise control. I'm, I'm pretty sure cruise control's been around the whole time I've been alive. That's, you know, partly driverless car. But when you think driverless cars, you're thinking, you know, just sitting in the front seat reading a book, doing watching some Netflix, reading, what have you. And that's... That's where we're heading. 100% automation. You just hop in that that little sucker and it drives you all around town. And it goes back home when you're done. Or, I don't know, goes picks someone else up. I, I have some issues. I had some knee-jerk reaction issues when thinking about driverless cars. Because I really enjoy driving. I think I'm a good driver, and I want to be in control, especially in the infancy that is driverless cars. Now, fortunately, I do not have to worry about that, because I drive a 2000 Honda Accord, but if I did have a Tesla or something, high-end car with some automated driving features... I don't know. I I think most of the time I would still want to drive. And I thought most people would probably share that inclination. But that was that was my knee-jerk reaction. And I was driving one day, driving to work, riding down 75. It was wet, it's raining. I'm looking around, it's a big old tractor trailer next to me. Everyone's still going 80 miles an hour on the slick surface. I thought, wow, this driving is really fucking dangerous. 
Seriously. And we do this shit every day? And then I thought about maybe if you were to bring someone back from the past, time traveled, brought them back from a few hundred years ago. I mean, besides all the shock and awe they'd be in, they would think how idiotic it was that we throw ourselves in these death traps in unsafe driving conditions on a wet, slippery surface. And these machines weigh multiple tons, thousands of pounds, and hundreds and thousands of people die every year, and we still go about doing it and haven't come up with a better solution. And then here was the the tipping point. I decided to start looking around when I was driving. Look at other drivers. I promise you, maybe five, six, at least half out of ten people, five out of ten people are texting while they're driving. And even though my initial reaction of I'm gonna I'm still gonna wanna drive and a lot of other people are gonna wanna drive too. Maybe not. Cause if half of them are already texting, not focused on the road, then maybe they would rather not drive. They would just sit and play Candy Crush or whatever they're doing. And honestly, it would probably be safer if we had all these. I'm just going to say it. If you text and drive straight up, you're a dumbass. You're a dumbass and you're probably going to hurt someone, if not yourself. So I'm ready for the automated drivers because y'all dumbasses over here texting on your phone, trying to drive down 75 when it's wet as hell. By the way, I'm talking about Interstate 75. For those of y'all on the West Coast. But that's pretty much that's pretty much the dilemma. I want to be in control, you know. I'm not I, I really can't depend depend on these computers to be able to have that intuition that I know I have when I'm driving, all the experience and whatnot. But at the same time, with given enough time, the collective sensors of the fleet of automated drivers, driverless cars, will have enough experience, will have been through those scenarios, and it will continue to get better. So that led me to think, well... If that's the case, if it just needs more experience, why don't we just turn over the keys and just let them go full-on out automated driving? Go ahead, do it. There, there would be some mistakes, but it would accelerate the process. And unfortunately, those mistakes would be deaths. And I could already see it happening. You know, people, oh, automated driver, auto, driverless car, four dead. But the thing is, and then, you know, people would get up in arms. Oh, we can't have driverless cars, this or that. You know how many people die driving already? It's a lot. 
it's probably multiple people every day just here in America. But, of course, that's not how things work in America. So we're going, we're going through the process. They need to display that they're able to do these things. And by these things, I mean drive safely. And by they, I mean driverless cars and companies providing the technology for these driverless cars, of which we have Tesla, Google, I think Lyft, is work, Lyft and Uber are working on it. Who else? I know there's some Chinese companies. Maybe even GM is working on automated driving. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is so we have those driver assistance systems, which I was men- mentioning earlier. Your parallel parking assist, lane departure assistance, cruise control, things like that. So those are getting rolled out. And like I said, the software is pretty much there. But the problem is the hardware and the infrastructure. So driver, driverless cars, automated driving, will work when everyone has adopted it somewhat. If you're just one guy with a driverless car and everyone else around you is driving their cars and can't relay the information that your car needs, the driverless car needs, it's it's not going to be that beneficial. What makes this work is a network, a network of machines or cars with sensors cameras, uh, other things, <laughs> uh, just basically sensors taking in, gathering data, and then sending those to the other driverless cars. That's how the internet works. It's how the internet of things work. You take in data via sensors and then spread it across the network so all the machines can use all of each other's Mm -hmm. different sensors and gather that data. Another problem we have is the infrastructure. And by infrastructure, I mean cellular networks. Mm -hmm. Just like your phone had 3G back in the day and now has 4G, and with that, you were able to use the internet better. I remember when I got my first flip phone, probably around 2005, somewhat. It it had an internet browser, maybe, but you could barely even load the yahoo.com homepage. It would take a few minutes. God forbid you were trying to do a search or download an image. Videos, that wasn't happening. But then the 3G networks came out and it was able to facilitate greater bandwidth. It was able to have send and receive more data because the networks were stronger. 
And then 4G came along. And then it was great. Downloading videos, streaming, all that's possible. The jump from 3G to 4G was about a 10 times improvement. If not greater, much greater in certain circumstances. And the jump from 4G to 5G, which is what cellular providers are currently working on. They're working on building these towers, creating the network, and this 5G network is going to be another 10 times faster. The reason why, or one of the reasons, let's say we had the, so- the software and the hardware in the driverless cars, and everyone had the driverless cars. The speed at which data needs to be sent and received in a situation, a life or death situation, such as driving, is extremely rapid. Imagine if I told you you had to watch this whole video in one minute and I gave you my flip phone from 2005 and my pre-3G cellular network. You just die, right? In a driverless car, if you're on 3G, 4G network, it's just not fast enough. You're When you're making a left turn and it's calculating how far the other car is and how the the oncoming car that's coming towards you, measuring how fast it is, measuring road conditions, doing all these calculations, it wouldn't be fast enough on a 4G network. We need 5G cellular networks. I still really believe that we're probably five years at, at minimum absolute minimum before we have our what in our minds what is a driverless car fully autonomous and then from those five years it could be another an additional five an additional 10 years before it's actually adopted and like I said if this works better the more autonomous, vehicles we have i think that the first place that this new technology will be applied would most likely be the trucking industry drivers truck drivers with their cdls commercial driver's license they they get paid a good bit and that's a really hard job from the viewpoint of a business person, if you can reduce expenses, that increases profit. Mm-hmm. Yes, by reducing your expenses, you're sort of taking away someone's job. But I don't think right when these driverless trucks come out that there's just going to be a fleet of autonomous trucks driving around. There's still going to be people on board. Still going to have to be accountable. The decades of experience some of these drivers have is needed and necessary. If absolutely no one's in the truck and something goes wrong, there's going to be 
uh, so many lawsuits. And this is something I didn't mention earlier. That's another thing we have to hash out. Because insurance, car insurance, is a very big industry. And there's a lot of wrecks all the time. There's a lot of car accidents. You may be in a driverless car and get in an accident. Well, who's at fault? Are you at fault? It's your car. Is the hardware manufacturing, is GM or Toyota, Ford, are they at fault? Or is it the software provider? Is it Google? Is it whatever company makes the software? Who's at fault? And that hasn't really been taken to court yet. And when it is finally presented in court, it's probably going to get pushed up to the Supreme Court. Because the first case, you got to set a precedent. And then the other cases will fall upon the decision of the first case. That's how law works. I know you're thinking, wow, Dan, you're so... You're so intelligent when it comes to technology and history and business. Didn't know you were also a lawyer. Yeah, that's right. So, we got to jump through that hurdle too once they come. And then back to, back to the trucking people. You know, event, uh, so many people drive. So many people's money, bread, dinner, livelihood comes from driving. A lot of men, a lot of men drive, particularly particularly a male-dominated field. Think about how many people would be unemployed. And this is a greater issue with all the great technologies that are coming out. The dirty little secret is people are going to lose their jobs to automation. Throughout history, we've been able to replace this and replenish because... We could just teach the people something new, and by the time that new thing actually started picking up steam, they already understood it, they had some experience. Things are changing so rapidly now, I don't know if people will be able to learn new skills and adapt quick enough. There's a lot, and that's why I wanted to do an episode about driverless cars because it's a microcosm into the greater economic forces of technology and automation. What's it going to lead to? Some people say there's no other option than a universal basic income. That's a whole nother set of circumstances, probably a new episode. Maybe we'll check that out next week. But something as good and as fun and how, how nice does a driverless car sound? Sounds great. I would love going out, you know, driving to the bar, not having to worry about, you know, sticking to one or two drinks and just being able to hop in my car and it driverless autonomously take, took me back home. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Maybe stop at Waffle House or something. Whoa, sorry. My phone's blowing up right now. Group text, sorry. Probably edit that out. Anyways, but what's what's the precedent when it comes to that? What if you're drunk and your car's driving itself? 
Are are you still you gonna get a DUI? Or is your car your car your DD? Who knows? I'm very interested seeing how all this plays out. I still think we have a while. People are painting the picture like it's right around the corner. I still really think it's going to be 7 to 12 years. We'll see. When is it? 2008? Yeah. Yeah, probably around 2025. We'll see what happens. Let me know what you think about driverless cars. Please, as always, subscribe, comment, review, share this shit. We're trying to trying to make some paper, all right? We're trying to get to the level where we got some sponsorships. Don't you want me to make money? Thank you very much. Business Podcast, Episode 5. We out.